all your T's and all your I's are crossed in your business, especially if you're starting up right here, right now on Airbrands Live. I got caught being being goofy. It was a movie reference. I didn't even realize that. I've always had the vision of when we come back from that to like enter in with like half of a punch and of the joke. Yes. Of a joke yeah, yeah. So he said, said, said. So the right, so exactly. the priest says. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening, folks? Happy, happy, happy day because you may be listening to this on any day, but we're here on your brands live as usual, cast of characters. We have Devin Brabaco, Lisa Holbert, and the one and only Dr. Josh Carey. So yeah, we're, we're, we're here because we love to share ideas. We love to bring in guests, you know, each and every one here uh, either has their own show or could have their own show. Wonderful, brilliant minds in the room as always. But then we like to also throw into the mix something else, another subject matter expert. So we're really excited to talk to our our guest that's going to be joining us today in just a minute. But Josh, you wanted to kick it off. You wanted to talk about momentum in a second. But I just wanted to the the, the question in the beginning, crossing your T's and dotting your I's and paying the paying attention to the details in your business is all about what our guest is a subject matter expert in. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. It's exciting. We're 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 waiting for Josh to come back. He's he's flying through the uh internet right now. <laughs> Literally and, <he's>... uh, <laughs> and uh yeah we're we're so so here's the thing with with the T's and the I's I remember starting my business and always trying to find the right people that can help me with the law and the business side of things. I'm very creative, as a lot of you know. And to to operate on that side, you have to find people that play to your, their strengths play to your weaknesses. So, I mean, you guys want to expand on, on sort of what you did in the beginning or Devin, when you started your companies, you know, uh, were you considering these things or were these things afterthoughts that you had to kind of catch up on? So I have to say, and I'm probably not the norm in this in this situation, uh, but coming from corporate events, um, planning events for a lot of financial advisors, I had a lot of contracts and a lot of legal jargon that I had to go through every event that we did. So when we started our business, I was very prone to contracts and to everything that needed to be signed beforehand. So I will say we did partner up with um, a lawyer that knew real estate, knew what we were doing. And we had so much to, to do and to learn because obviously, you know, contracts for event planning, especially in a, a corporate downtown Manhattan world, is all different than contracting and, and working for real estate. So, yes, I partnered up with a real estate uh, specific firm that did all of our contracts, that did all of our LLCs, all of our formations. Everything was protracted in the right way. We actually um, have everything in formation in Nevada, and then we foreign filed in New Jersey. So mm. we did take a lot of time. We did spend a lot of money into making sure that everything was protected and done correctly from the beginning. Um, so I know I'm not probably <laughs> your your typical person, but um, from dealing with so many contracts and also being burned in the past from from contracts and events, I, I really wanted to make sure that we yeah. did it correctly. That's good. You're you're one of the few because I know oftentimes <laughs> when I talk to business owners, they're a hot mess. You know, you, especially startups. You know, yeah. people that are bootstrapping and trying to figure things out. Unless you're already playing in that space or you come from that background, uh, oftentimes you you neglect the details and the things that you're supposed to 
be doing um, yeah. so that you're setting yourself up for future growth. Uh, I don't know, Josh, I know you wanted to talk about momentum and things, and we could we can get into that as well because there is a ton of momentum. Um, and, and let's let's bring Mitch in, and and then you know let's let's let the conversation evolve here because the momentum here. Hey, how you doing, Mitch? Hey, I don't get any applause <laughs> like background. Welcome applause. to the show. Hey. Welcome you to know, the show. No special yeah, What's some of your thoughts behind and 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 Mitch uh, Beinhacker, welcome. Uh, you want you want to tell everyone uh, the name of your business and what you do, really quick. Sure. Um, my practice is called Beinhacker Law. Um, I'm located in Clark, New Jersey. I live in Westfield, so it's kind yeah. of Central Jersey, off the Parkway. I won't give you the exit number, but um, <laughs> I do. I work with small businesses, and that's what I do. I help them draft agreements and form. Uh, organizations and negotiate contracts and close transactions. Um, I do a lot of work in the real estate side, as Devin was saying, and I do a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, I gave a speech yesterday and I do it all the time about the fact that nobody puts anything in writing. Um, mm. And I am always coming into situations mm. where, you nobody know, we all, you know, look, if you want to play in the big pool, you got to put on your big this, boy, big girl pants, you know? So there, there's writing here, Mitch. That's not an agreement. Can, yeah. can I just put that in and hand it over and say, Hey, that's our yeah. contract. You know, I actually have people that come to me. Some of them are attorneys and they're not practicing and they're like, well, can we make a contract out of these text messages and emails? Um, no, <laughs> the answer is no, you can't because it doesn't exclude anything else that you thought you might've talked, spoken about two weeks ago. But the biggest problem, Eric, is that, and this is what I speak about is that our, it, the problem is memory. It's not like somebody's going to try and screw you if you don't put things in writing. They might, yeah. I, uh, but most of the situations I get involved with, both parties think they're right. Both parties believe that whatever it is they're thinking in their mind is exactly what they've spoken about. But there have been countless studies, and I'm writing a book about it now, and I'm talking to a memory expert on my podcast on Monday, how we, ju we just have these experiences that our minds don't work like computers, but the law wants us to work like a computer, mm. right? So our, mm. our mind's like a box, right? So everything we're picking up is get shoved in the box. We mix it all together. And then when we want something, we try and reach in the box and find out what it was that we thought. But the problem is that there's things going to the box that are other people's experiences. So I talk to you about something and Josh, and maybe I talk to Lisa separately. I meet her separately. And I start acquiring things that I believe happened to me that you guys did. So it you So you have to have things in writing. You got to do it early on. You got to set up your structures properly. Par I have partnerships that are breaking up that don't have agreements in place. I have real estate deals all the time. You put up a mm. couple hundred thousand dollars, by the way, very common, Devin, in the small deal business where you have a contractor building a house or a building for $200,000. He needs money. You put up the 200. It's all loosey-goosey. We're going to do this. You can't keep track of anything. And it's a, I hate to use the word, but it's a, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. It really is, uh, is difficult. So that's what I talk about all the time. It's like my big pet peeve. I love that you say that too, because even so we have, again, I'm like really big into the, this space. Obviously, don't, I'm not an expert, but I try to surround myself with other people that can support me in that way. But even our contractors, I mean, so many people have different contractors that kind of screw them. And I'm like, but really, it's not them screwing you. You kind of screwed yourself because you didn't prepare. So like, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, yes, my heart feels for you. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel bad for you because for our contractors, we make them sign six documents every contractor that starts six documents we don't we don't pay for anything up front we don't we only pay and reimburse for stuff that has been done right we have everything written down we have a payment structure written down so if you ask me money for money that's outside of the payment structure you're not getting it and, and by the way you're they're not supposed to be asking no they can take a small deposit for materials especially exactly. home improvement if they're doing a home it's all kinds of regulations new jersey's got terrible 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 consumer fraud yeah. And they have to. So there and are I'm, some industries that require things in writing as well. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not wiring money. Like there's so many things that I like, I'll say up front, I'm not wiring you money. There's so much wire fart. I'm not doing that. Yeah. There's like, I'm like, I'll write you a check. I'll send it to you via PayPal, but I'm not like, I mean, I'm not getting into that space. Um, and then there's, yeah, we make them sign like a contract. We sign a lot, uh, like a lien waiver, everything after every piece is done so that you can't say that we owe you money for what's been done. I'm glad you said that. Most people involved in real estate projects have no idea what a, what a lien waiver is. Yeah. Basically it's waiving. So the subcontractors don't come put liens on your building because the contractor didn't pay them. Yeah. 
that's basically that's not on my that's not on my watch like that's not i'm not doing that no but it'll cost you money to get rid of it if yeah happens so yeah Mitch, yeah. you have um, two interesting industries here because you're not only a lawyer, you're also a podcast host, right? I am. So how have you found in the connecting those two into your industry? Do do you find that a lot of attorneys have a show and w- what's the benefit to you directly for having a show of your own? Um, I don't know how many attorneys have a show, but definitely attorneys have a show because the reason I decided to podcast was I was I was listening to some of the law podcasts, uh, clienting, lawpreneur, things like that. And they were highlighting some attorneys around the country that had their own podcast. I'm like, well, I can have my own podcast, but <laughs> like a studio like you guys have. I could do this out of my kitchen. So um, I started looking into that. It, for me, podcasting is something that I like very much. I like the, the whole thought leadership type of stuff uh, that I the people that I meet and talk to, but you know, it's, it's content marketing, right? So if you like to blog, then write blogs. If you like to do videos, although I put the video up too, but you know what I'm saying? If you don't like podcasting, you don't want to go through all the whole thing. Fine. It's you guys know, it's a lot of work to get this stuff ready. You guys know a live show, but to edit it and to do all that work kind of stuff is a lot involved. So it's definitely brought me business. It's definitely connected wow. with people all over the world, but I would suggest people not to do unless they love it be a guest be a podcast guest instead you don't (laughs) love you've (laughs) come through podmax which is how we initially cross paths and you're coming back as another uh to do it again with us round two next week october 16th made a lot of friends who are podcast hosts too as a result of it yeah as a result of uh working with us last month yeah awesome tell us about your experience coming through what what did you experience through through podmax as a show host uh well i mean it was a great opportunity to connect with people in the community because I'm always looking to connect with more people in the podcasting community. Um, I've been recommending it to a lot of people, if, especially if they're a host. I've probably connected with a, a dozen people that have different shows, not just through your show, but through like somebody who's on the show and then connects me with somebody else. Met some really interesting guests, um, which I'm still editing and working on. And um, it was just a, it was just a great day. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, when someday you can do it in person, it'll be even better, but I don't know if that's happening so quickly. So yeah, but I recommend it to everybody. I, I talk to people and I'm like, Debbie, you, you've heard of Podmax? They're like, no. All right, well get on it, you know, join and, you know, pay to the fee and become a guest. Thank you. You got a good yeah. story to tell. So appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah. And thanks for coming back. Too. Yeah. I appreciate having me. Yeah. So wait, you, with the first time you came, you, you were a guest being interviewed on shows, correct? And then now no, I was a host. No, 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 you were a host. Yeah. And then this time you're coming back as host or oh, yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. 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 But it does, it does also lend itself well to you. Like you said, when you're a guest, uh, a lot of our hosts are always it's like coming through and saying the next one I'm coming as a guest because I mean, there's so much that we have to offer as show hosts. Right. But oftentimes we let our guests shine, right? They get 70, 80% of the time, if not more, um, and, and we don't often get to, to share our thoughts and ideas as much as we could as a guest. Right. So yeah, the, it, it's, it's, it's always a, a win-win either side of the mic. Uh, but especially through PodMax, if, if, if you're a guest, you can really, really, uh, just have a, have a fun time because now you're just telling your story and you're, you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're making a great it way to build your brand. I mean, look what Jordan yeah. Harbinger said. He built his yeah. podcast with a lot of guesting. Oh Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was valuable. I, you know, it's funny. I just redid my show notes and like a little commercial because I realized I never talk about my practice. I'm like, I'm spending all this time putting out what 75 episodes. I think I have 105 recorded. So we're still editing. I'm like, I don't even talk about the practice too much. So I (laughs) kind of snuck it in there. So that's a good catch because you want to be promoting yourself as well. (laughs) How did you first going backwards a little bit? How did you first even come in? uh, How did PodMax come into your uh, did come into your sphere? Did did we reach out to you? Did you connect with somebody? No, uh, I do a ton of networking, right? I'm on LinkedIn and on groups. I probably do 15 Zoom calls a week now. I didn't okay. even know what Zoom was until the pandemic hit. And now here I am. <laughs> um, and I'm always doing one-on-ones. And I connected with uh, Kier- Kieran. 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 Yeah, Kieran, Kieran brought him in. Right? Him in. Kieran, oh, okay. Yeah. He connected me with you guys. Yeah. 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 I remember that email. Yeah. We yeah. love Kieran. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great guy. I've connected with some 
people. Well, that was a good find by him because, you know, you have, you definitely have a, a little bit of a unique niche in, in being an attorney and understanding the real estate space, but the business space as well. So there's so many, you know, there's so many angles I'm sure you can take in different people that you interview. Oh, sure. I mean, I talk to anybody in the space really that influences that has their own business. I've had really interesting people on that have, I, I guess they don't think it's so interesting, but once you get through their story, you're like, you, you did what? And, and then, you know, to highlight them and to help them grow their business. I like doing, and I obviously like talking, so that helps, but, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just, it's a fun platform. I'd love to get your take on something entrepreneurs are always conscious of and top of mind is pricing uh, and the debate between um, exchanging time for money versus pricing of legal services, a- anything, okay. anything. Now, cool. uh, of course, well, well, because any entrepreneur has a pricing conversation for themselves. How are they going to price their product or service? Right. And are they going to um, are they going to exchange time for money? Are they going to exchange value for money? So I'd love to hear your point of view as an attorney who uh, notoriously in the industry, right, you do put an hourly rate on the result, but it also has to also take into consideration the value the client is getting, right? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Did my publicist call you guys and said this whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> so I generally don't, I try to not work on an hourly basis. I try to do work on a flat fee. Um, I'm most effective with clients on a monthly flat fee, and then they get discounts for other things that I have to do. The reason being is that ad hoc legal services, and I'm sure Devin can tell you this, she works with real estate attorney regularly. Uh, The real estate attorney has an intimate knowledge of the way she runs her business. So when somebody comes to me and says, having a problem with my partner, or we're getting sued or an employee's, I have to go through all of their documents. So they have to pay me for 10 or 15 hours worth of work if it's an hourly thing, or I'm pricing it high because I got, and I got to get to know their whole business. And then I guarantee a week into me doing the work, I'm going to get an email, a text, or a call, and they're going to say, oh, you know what? We found this agreement that we had. Like, they have no recollection, because <laughs> I told you about memory, of what they have. And I don't know, because I didn't set up the business, and it might not have been the way I wanted to set it up. So I prefer to work with people. I call it fractional general counsel services, and you can check out my website. It goes from $2.99 a month for solopreneurs, startups, to 4000 a month, unlimited for everything but litigation. I don't litigate. Um, but- I have like a five level package so I can work with people and know their whole situation, whether it's their family, their partners or whatever. And then they get 15, 25, sometimes 50% discount on other work beyond just advice. Because people call me with questions all the time. I can't charge them. So advice and stuff like that. I do ad hoc work, but I'm not as effective when I do it. And I try to avoid hourly work. I, I do some hourly work, but it's just a it's a total conflict of interest, right? Because you want to build up your hours, but you've got to do it for the client at a good price. Right. It's like the inherent conflict, hourly billing. So did you go to, um, did you go to law school right out of college? I didn't go to law school. Did you see suits? Do you ever watch that show? So I'm not really a lawyer. I just masquerade. (laughs) You play one on (laughs) podcasts. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Right. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. You, you went to law school out of college, out of high school, out of life. <laughs> yeah, right. Out exactly. of desperation. I, was, I don't know. I was 14. Know. I went to, um, <laughs> I went to, yeah, I didn't, no, I didn't work. I went right to law school. Well, my grandmother was begging me to go to law school. That's what Jewish grandmothers do. So hey, I've been there. Was, <laughs> yeah. So she was begging me to go to law school. And then finally I was getting near the end of college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Something in business. I don't know. And a buddy of mine was like, I think I'm going to go to law school. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to law school. Two weeks you later, people. he decided yeah. he's not going to do it. Well, I could never later, do that. Yeah, I'll go. Make yeah. grandma happy. Yeah, so that's what happened. So he canceled two weeks later. He's now in real estate, by the way. Um, and I said, well, do I really want to do this or not? I didn't know what I was going to do. So I went to law school, and that's that's what happened. Then I got out of law school, and I'm more of a business person than I am a lawyer anyway. So. And you stuck with it. Here you are. I stuck with it. I went, yeah, well, I worked I worked for some insurance companies for a long time doing estate planning, business planning, uh, that kind of stuff, which is kind of how I got into my practice. And then I went out on my own in 06, something like that. I was in-house counsel for different companies and things like Mitch, that. Mitch, I got a question for the audience. I'm imagining that they're probably thinking, or if they're not, they should be thinking. Uh-huh. So what are, what are some of the most common pitfalls or some of the most common things that 
solopreneurs or yeah. early startups? You, what are the common mistakes that they could have corrected had they done this, you know, before reaching out to you to fix it? <laughs> um, well, sometimes they talk to people without like non-disclosure agreements, um, which mm. isn't difficult. You don't need a 40 page non-disclosure. A couple of pages would be fine. Um, they, in the real estate business, like Devin was saying, they tend to get involved and don't have a proper structure for liability purposes. Mm -hmm. They don't have operating agreements between partners, um, you know, and, and those operating agreements, by the way, don't cover like, well, if we're going to break up, which maybe should be a buy sell agreement, if we're going to separate, like who gets the name, who gets the website, who gets the social media accounts, oh. things like that, they don't really address them. Um, and it's just a mess when somebody then says, by the way, you're not going to negotiate when you're not getting along. You got to do it when you are getting along. So I think business owners, they don't spend the time. And I do a lot of business plan uh, assistance. I don't write them for people, but I'll review them and help them. People don't write business plans. They skip like Josh said, they skip all the numbers. They don't know their numbers. They don't know their market. They're just winging it. I had a business plan challenge in August and uh, only three people finished. We had 50 people signed up. It was like too much for them to do a business plan in five days. I gave them four simple parts, but it's, awesome. it's a lot of the documentation and a lot of the details that people don't want to deal with because they're more right brain. They're creative. They're excited. They got all this great stuff going on. But if you want to be successful, which a lot of people have trouble with, you know, we know businesses have very high failure rate. It's because lack of planning and attention to detail. Mm -hmm. That's the issue. It's not because we're all stupid. Yeah, we all have good ideas, but we don't follow them through and see if they make money. Just because it's an idea doesn't mean it's profitable. So yeah. you, you don't go through. I've said people go and make products and have, have a, a you know garage full of stuff, and then they can't sell it because they didn't do the market research. They didn't figure <laughs> anybody's gonna buy this thing. They just thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Tell that's us about the business plan challenge. That's that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I had a friend do something like that. It was like a marketing challenge. And I said, well, I'm going to do, I, I, the reason I started the podcast was because I get very frustrated that business owners come to me and, and there may be people I know, but I wasn't that intimately involved in their business. They're like, I need your help. I got to shut down my business. I'm like, did you open like four months ago? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we opened in the winter time. We're an ice cream store. Or we didn't capitalize properly right. or whatever. They didn't do any planning. So of course I asked them to see their business plan. They don't have one. So I was thinking about what to do with the podcast. And I'm like, the accidental entrepreneur. I think I saw something for the, remember the accidental tourist? There was a movie. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Devin probably doesn't know what that is. But um, <laughs> so that's I was a compliment, like, Devin. That's yeah, a it compliment. is a compliment. You're young. So, um, I, so I was like, that's what I'm going to call it because people accidentally go into business. I get people come on the podcast all the time. They're like, I am the accidental entrepreneur. Everyone thinks that they are because they accidentally kind of fell into business. So, um, I lost my train of thought. What was your question, Lisa? The, about about the um, business plan challenge. Yeah. So the business plan challenge came about because of the fact that I constantly find people without business plans. And I was talking to somebody and I said something like, well, I mean, you could do a business plan in a week. They go, how are we going to do that? And I go, well, I'm going to make this challenge. So I put mm. it out there. We had a four mm. part template. I boiled it down to four parts. It was like the, the product or service, your operations, you know, people side of the business, um, marketing and financials, those four things. So, and each day they got a, they got an email with a video and the template. And then the first day it was all raring to go. And then second day, less people submitted. And third day was less. I think of course. two or three finished at the end. Some people were like, oh, that was too much. I couldn't keep up with it. I'm like, well, that's why it was a challenge. I mean, that's right. why. <laughs> so, yeah. So I might do it again. I don't know, maybe in the, in the spring um, to see if we can get some people, but a couple people finished and had really good results. And we're happy that they, push their way through the business plan. And it's not the end, right? You have a business plan. So it's oh, be yeah. a working document. You should always be going back to and altering and changing and, you know, mm -hmm. that type of thing. But it was a, it was a good exercise. It was definitely good PR for me. Um, and then we had like a zoom call at the end of the week and talked about things and, you know, I love that. It's so important to have a business plan and even just to have goals in general, like goals for yourself, goals for your business. I think, that's something that I really focus on a lot. Um, we did in the beginning, we created a business plan. We have it in a binder. We have yeah. every formation. Like if I were to pass away, if Justin were to pass away, what happens to the business? We literally have it all like documented out. And that was like so awkward at first because it's like, okay, so if we get married and then we get a divorce, what happens? Like there's yeah. every scenario played out right. and it's awkward because you're like, 
we're a couple, we're going into a business together. This is amazing. Everything's going to be great. Right. And so if you die, what happens? Like, it's <laughs> just like yeah. an awkward thing, but it's good to have. No, it's, um, it, look, all marriages probably should have prenups just because <laughs> it makes it easier. But, you know, the word love and it'll ruin yeah. this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, deal with it later. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the tough part, right? Because you have to ask yourself the hard questions. You know, we we put together a living trust and we started asking a bunch of questions that we never would think of because they're they're kind of morbid to a degree. You know, like, okay, if we died in a plane crash, who's taking the kids? You know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, but it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But eight years in practice, I only lost like one client. I think he was oh, 93. Wow. So Oh, but yeah, you know, but just having that combo and putting your brain in that space, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't it's want to hard. think about it. That's why it's hard. Exactly. That's yeah, why all this hard. stuff is, is a challenge. But you want to do the planning as if you're going to succeed, right? Not as if you're not going to succeed. Yeah. So you got, I mean, marriage aside, business planning, you need to have things in writing. Like Devin was saying, if you don't write your goals down, it's not some magic about writing down your goals. It's because we don't remember anything. So <laughs> you can't stay focused on it. And, and. Yeah, I mean, but if you're doing this to not pretend and you're going to yeah. invest money, you better take the time to talk to a lawyer, to read something online or to get some things in writing because you're just wasting all of your time and money. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it's a necessary step and it's also a great way to gauge your progress. So uh, recently I, I I blew the dust off of our business plan. I, I think the last time I looked at it was maybe 2018, early 2019. And I shared it with the team and we were looking at it and it looked like it was so old seemingly. And it had only been two, three years old, but it seemed like they were we were talking about things that were it was like taking a time machine. And and, and Devin, you even peeked into when you were kind of scrubbing a lot of the older stuff. There was communication yeah. there. Yeah, that were like, whoo, this seems like a kind of different company. Uh, so yeah, it's how often, Mitch, do you recommend that we revisit that plan and, and modify and tweak it? I mean, I, I think you should be revisiting it quarterly. I mean, things, mm -hmm. especially nowadays, like things change so much during the pandemic. We probably moved 15 years ahead mm, the way we yeah. run our businesses, deal with, with customers, everything like that. But at least the strategic planning side of it, um, the financials, if you're doing financial bookkeeping, will kind of take care of itself. But like you said, depending on the business you're in, it changes so much. Uh, the way you communicate, the messages you're putting out, the social media stuff you're doing, it's not it's not the kind of thing like a financial plan where you throw it in a drawer, which probably isn't good for the financial plan either, but throw it in a drawer and then you go back to it 10 years later and find out what happened, like it's magic. Like you're gonna, if the, what happens if God doesn't go well? So. I encourage people to use that document and maybe the document becomes multiple documents, right? Maybe you have an operating manual and a financial mm -hmm. manual and an employee handbook and, a, a, you know, different types of things to continue to run your business. It's not something you really should put aside. You should, your team, if you have a team or you should have an intimate knowledge of what your business plan says. And if you, because it's a roadmap for your business. And if, if things yeah. change because the industry changes or you change, you want to do something different, then adjust your plan because that's what it's there. That's what it's there for. It's a working, you know, document. So I encourage people to, you know, use it as much as they want. Just have it an intimate part of the way they run their business. Yeah. This is also being October. Um, Gino Blafari, who's the head of all Berkshire Hathaway, the real estate um, he really focuses on it's October. It's a great time to business plan for 2021. Yeah. Don't wait till January. Now is the time to sit down and kind of look at the year, the coming year. Right. And when you really dig into it, it makes a lot of sense. Sure. You know, you can really, you can really take the time now because whatever you're doing now is going to affect you in the first quarter of the year. Yeah. And you know, you're really, once we hit like Thanksgiving, People are either too full or too drunk. To <laughs> this year, yeah, this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like to do things on a monthly retainer because you can imagine how busy I am in December and like nobody calls me about anything because there's a problem. But it, it's, yeah, it's that because you're really looking at like a quarter where only so much gets done. So be ready to hit the road running, hit the ground running in January. It's definitely good advice.
I want to focus on a topic you introduced, Mitch, regarding the the business plan challenge and the way that people started strong and then trickled off. We also have a five-day challenge to help you identify and communicate your message. Okay. And we've experienced the exact same thing. Yeah. There's a chunk of people day one, and then every day it's less and less. Sure, that well, it's get the Pareto the principle or whatever, right? What is it? It's the whatever, the principle where you only 20% yeah. do yeah. it out of the 80% out of 20, only 20% yeah. of that group actually mm -hmm. finishes. It's human nature. Yeah, it is human nature, and it's certainly not exclusive to online challenges. So I'd love to bring it up for us and certainly for our audience who can relate to this in in every way, whether it's personal, social, or business. When we start something new, a new book, a new anything, right, our intention is so powerful and strong, but then the follow through, even a five day challenge, really yeah. consider and think for what free. we're saying here. Yeah, yeah, for free, which is a whole other conversation. Maybe you should have charged the money, then they would have finished it, yeah. Who knows, you know, right? Yeah. So I, I'd love to uh, just get some dialogue around that of, of people and what it takes to really go through something that you have a legitimate intention to sign up for, to start, to do, right? But then, even five days later, three days later, six months later, did you guys ever read that book? Eat that frog. Yeah, we've spoken about it. Never read it. Know the saying. Procrastinating reading it, Eric. It's about procrastinating. I thought it was just a saying. I didn't realize there was a whole book. Oh yeah, frog. It's it's all about procrastination and follow through. But Josh, I think that's like the key to life. We we are bombarded with. How many podcasts are there now? Did we hit a million yet? A million. Yeah, yeah, over, over a million. million. Yeah. Okay, there you are. So, right? And that's just podcasts. So we are bombarded with information where you get a book and then while you're reading it, even on Audible, right? Oh, it right. suggests yeah. five other books to you and you're like, oh, <laughs> you have to read that. So we're totally ADD in terms of our, our focus. But it's true. I, I think that's one of the keys. Like I am very big on list making. As a matter of fact, I have, you guys ever, ever see this thing? You ever see one of these? It's called Remarkable. Have you heard of it? No. No, that's really okay. cool. It is a it's a tablet, right? But yeah. it writes like paper. Right. Like a paper and pencil. With so a stylus. Have... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so let me see if I can hold this up. So you see the way the writing looks? Yeah. So I can literally just write right on the screen and download it to whatever I'm doing and erase. Okay. So I don't have to use a pad, oh, real it. paper, and have paper all over my office. So I'm very big on that. I make little book notebooks of my ideas or my goals. Or, um, wow. you know, I'm working on a, a, a podcast production company with half a dozen podcasters, some of which I met actually through PodMax. Well, let's talk separately about that. We'd like to support yeah. that. and Pooling of resources and things like that because we're all so small. We can't do anything on our own. <laughs> and so I keep all those lists because um, I want to be organized because I don't want the pressure to have to remember what book that I read. You, you ever read yeah. a book and then put it down and then two years later you pick it up. You can't even remember what you read. You got to oh, start yeah. over again. Yeah. So I'm big on making lists and, and staying on top of things. And Eat That Frog is a very good book about getting things done and procrastinating and getting in better habits than we're in. And I think your point habits. is well taken because yeah. our habits are terrible. We like to do the things that we enjoy, not that are the most effective things. So Emarkable Tablet. Yeah. How much is the name that? Of it? Remarkable. With oh, Remarkable. Yeah, they have version two. It's a great Remarkable tablet. Amazon? 350. No, go to remarkable.com. Oh, I don't think I sell through Amazon. And, um, and then also you eat the frog book, Jake. Let's put those in the notes. Frog. That's all good stuff. And by the way, I also do a lot of stuff when it comes to business planning. You don't need a 50 page business plan. You can do the one page marketing plan. You can do the lean right. canvas. You can do, you know, there's a bunch that are just one page. Just, just do it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Just to start. Yeah. Now What's the lean canvas? Can. I the love lean the name of it. It's another. If you look L E A N, if you look up Lean Canvas, you do a search online. It's a it's a it's a canvas with boxes and it mm. covers different parts of your business plan. But it's a way to kind of, like Devin said, kind of brainstorm the idea and lay it out and kind of you know uh, think about it and make it a working structure for yourself as opposed Love to that. yeah. What What are some other tools that you would recommend people to just get it started? I Love that. Um, yeah, I like uh, a book called Referral of a Lifetime. It's about building a keep in touch program. Mm -hmm. I'm finding even with podcasters that I'm meeting, nobody's building like an email list, like mm -hmm. of, of, of a 
an audience that you, they're like, well, I just put it on social media. I'm like, well, you know, that's why I got five subscribers. So, <laughs> you, you know, you got to build it. And I have, I don't know, 2,700 people on my list and I don't know everybody. I don't know where they all came from. That mm -hmm. goes up and down, but you know, you want 500 people on your list who know you, who also know another 500 people. And that's whatever, 120,000 people or something. Um, so I find that keeping in touch and building your brand is kind of, important with any business that you have. And a lot of people don't do it. You ever go to a restaurant and they have a little fishbowl, like for free lunch. And yeah, you put your, put your business card in. in the, yeah. Right. And do you ever hear from that restaurant again, if you don't win the free lunch, they uh, like don't do anything. They don't do anything with true. the names. It's like gold. People came in to eat there. You should be like thanking them and send them coupons all the time. I get very few businesses that do that. Oh, Devin, that reminds me. Uh, there's some t-shirts that we need to send out from those fish bowls that people. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, you're you're so right. It's it's just build building that list, and um, it's it's always a challenge because I think people get over one hurdle. So creating a podcast and getting past that pod fade number of eight to ten episodes, right? You you reach that goal, and then now you're back to business. You're back to life, and you're like, okay, I figured out. Hopefully a system and that's operating and now a year two years 100 episodes go by you never really like you said built a machine around it so that it can get to the next level because you've only accomplished the first phase and you didn't take it to the next level so that you can begin to build a database and begin to sort of leverage the audience that you're and building you burn out as a result too right right and, and and i'm saying these things because i'm guilty of that you know i'm only two years in three years into my podcast and only doing those things now. So yeah, I think it's 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 great, just like with everything, this whole theme of the conversation is, you know, putting putting your best foot forward and 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 the, the tools and all the stuff in place before you begin or you're as you're in the process of beginning so that it's it's easier down the line and you're not playing catch up. Yeah, I mean I think that's that's something that we'd all like to do, but I don't know if you can wait for all the lights to be green before you head towards town, mm. you know? So, cause yeah. some people have this, you know, paralysis of analysis type of mm. thing and their business plan's gotta be perfect. And they get to this. I know people I've been talking to about launching a podcast. They just can't do it. Mm. They're like, yeah, I've got yeah. this idea and I, I know. you know, um, and you know, sometimes you just got to do it, but like, like for example, on air brands live and you're, you guys are doing this every week and whatever you want to be consistent. And I'm sure it makes you crazy. You don't want to miss an episode because it breaks the whole cycle. So you got to build in a lot of automated things. You know, I got my calendar that connects to Zoom, Zoom mm -hmm. connects to MailChimp and, and other services. And then that goes out to people, adds them to my mailing list because I can't keep up with it. I have a uh, thing about my law practice, like six emails you get about what I do in the podcast. And, but it all happens automatically. So if you make a meeting with me through my calendar, you get added to my list and then the mail emails start. I don't know, I don't see them. But I didn't have that at first. So you definitely have to put the time in to create the materials and the marketing stuff. I, I, I say to business owners, I think they should spend 80% of their time doing marketing and business development mm -hmm. and 20% of their time squeezing and running the business. Because what it'll do is it'll force them to make uh, have other people do running the business. And they can do the e-myth work on their business like they should be if they're real entrepreneurs. If you're just working on your business in your business all the time, you're just an employee who also happens to own a business. You're not really an entrepreneur. So you want to get that. And if you, like Josh was saying, if you put yourself in the position where your habits are forced to offload things because you're spending so much of your time marketing and business development and stuff. So have someone else do the $20 an hour work. You should do the $200 an hour work, you know? Yeah. So that's the position I try to put myself in. I spend more time marketing and doing business development and connecting with people and I can't even get the work done. Like I squeeze it in at nights or the weekends, whatever, because I know I'm going to get to the point where I want to hire more people and get virtual assistance, whatever. I don't want to be doing, attorneys are famous for this. They will market, then they will get busy and they will stop marketing. And it's a, like a roller coaster yo-yo. Yeah. I hate to you know, criticize my colleagues, but that's the reality of practicing law. So you want to make sure you're more on the marketing side so you don't run out of business. You can hire people to do the work. Yeah, I think that's the... One of the first, sorry, Devin, I just wanted to get this thought out. One of the first steps when you're building a business, because at first it feels like a side hustle. At first it starts to feel like, okay, this is kind of a thing on the side that I'm trying to build as it grows slowly. Um, and the hardest part, because I experienced this and I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs that experienced this, they can't get past the first, they can't accept the idea of the first hire. 
like a VA, for example, is like right. one of the perfect, right? Because because they were so so accustomed to building and working in it that the, that's their day to day, and they're just continue to grus, uh, hustle and grind. And then they get to the point where like I can't do all this, and, right. um, and then and you start to resent your own business because now you're like you said you're working in it you're an employee in your business and then usually that first that aha moment is somebody telling them and giving them permission to say it's it's time to hire someone a VA to help you with all the administrative work to get that off your plate so now you can free up your time to build the business and do like this you were talking about the higher level stuff the marketing and all that so, so what are some of the things what are the indicators to you that you could tell people you know that you've seen even for yourself, yeah. you know, it's time. It, you're, you're ready for that first. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think the ones that I see that do it right, you know, it's very hard to break the shackles of the enslavement that your business has imposed on you, right? So yeah. you go there and that's what you do and you get in those habits. I, the best ones I've seen, whether it's in their business plan or their strategic plan, they figure out what kind of revenue do we need, whatever do we need when I can afford to add a virtual assistant, a, another worker, a, a better office space, uh, virtual services, and they, they and they calendar that out. And they know, listen, if I bring on three clients in the next quarter, I can go and hire my virtual assistant. And then they prepare for it because the biggest problem is, so you bring on the virtual assistant and then you don't, and she, he or she goes, well, what do you want me to do? And you go, well, I, I don't know. I'm like, this <laughs> I'm going to give you some stuff and you have to be prepared for it. So the ones that strategically plan it out and know, you know, when that's going to happen, then in your mind, you're not locked into, well, I don't know if I'm so comfortable doing it. You're already, you're ready to do it. So you should go in. I, what I recommend to business owners is that go into the approach of, okay, I'm going to plan out when I want to bring on a virtual assistant, when I want a, a, a person to handle my books, my marketing, my podcast editing. I do all the editing myself. Some of it I enjoy, but at some point when this thing starts monetizing, if it ever does, I'll get you know, a group like you guys have. But you know, I do a lot of that myself, but I've systematized it. I have a list and I get through it as quickly as I can. It used to take me eight hours. Now it takes me 45 minutes. But th those are the ones that I think are are not so, you know, what's the word? We like don't want to let go of anything. Mm -hmm. um, and even solopreneurs, a lot of people say, well, I'm just a consultant. I mean, I don't need staff. I think you, you like doing everything yourself. Well, I mean, not <laughs> everything. I was, okay, well, make a list of the things you don't like doing or aren't productive for you. Mm -hmm. And let's figure out how you can get a VA, even for the, I don't know, the Philippines overseas. I got somebody oh, yeah. dealing with the Philippines and the two or three bucks an hour. And, and they're very high skilled people overseas. So, mm -hmm. so you don't have to do that. You can hire them here too. There's all kinds of VA services. But my point is, is that even if you're a solopreneur, decide what you you want your organization to look like. How is it going to improve your life and not you know, what does Mike McCallum lead you to entrepreneurial poverty? Mike McCallum was on my podcast in August. It's great. Yeah, we great love books, Mike. By yeah. The way. Great, yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah. All of them. I just all them. Bring him on first, the podcast, yeah. Max. As a yeah, definitely. Yeah, he should but definitely he go talks to about entrepreneurial poverty. That's what we do. We go into business. First of all, we're poor. We all live off cash flow and we don't know how much we're making. So we don't know our numbers. And we're just like slaves to the business and we, we don't enjoy what we do. So plan it out. It's all about planning and writing it down, making your lists and, you know, Already being, you know, what's the word? Already being, um, you know, uh, committed to that time frame. You know, I have a woman who had started her own uh, commercial contract, not contract, cleaning business. So they clean office buildings and stuff. She used to work for companies, whatever. She finally went out on her own. She knows exactly the point at which she brings on more workers. She knows. She knows her numbers. She knows how much she gets paid by her customers, how many more customers she needs. She knows her numbers. And um, totally self-made from another country, learned English here. Mm. Now I think she has a college degree and everything, but didn't at first. And, you know, but she knows it. And that's what you got to do. Oftentimes we feel it, right? We feel the stress. We feel, you know, the pressure of, you know, getting to the next step. And oftentimes we we may not identify that, hey, it's 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 a VA or it's an assistant or someone to take that that the light load off of your plate. Um, but then we still don't want to pull the trigger, right? We still need the permission. And, and, and you mentioned this and we do this too. When we've realized we need another position filled is when to, to confirm that we'll, we'll create a list of, or we'll, we'll track our time for several yeah. weeks and we'll see, okay, 
oh wow and then we'll, we'll we'll put it all together and say oh look that's all stuff that she can do or he can do that's all stuff that they can do and then we that's a position let's take all of that off your plate all of that off your plate and put it together and create a job description and then that is the new hire and now let's go and find it and then and then it's it, it, the, the the question after that is now what do you do with all that free time right i tell this to my wife too because i have me mentors and um, uh, uh, coaches that yeah this is funny a lot of people don't think of this because it sounds pretentious but they tell you if you can get rid of uh, the, the menial tasks in your house, like laundry mm -hmm. and cooking and cleaning, and you got all that time back, what would you do with that time? And it's the same thing in your business, right? If you can hire someone to do the cooking and the cleaning and then the laundry and all that stuff that anybody could do, anybody right. could do that for five, $10 an hour, where is you or can go off and, 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 and create businesses for hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands or millions of dollars with those extra 10, 15, 20 hours that you're getting back. So I think it's, it's, it, if you have to think of it in those simple terms, hopefully it motivates you to, to take that step and, and, and know that person's going to pay themselves in dividends. Of course. Uh, once well, that's you have, why planning it out is important as opposed to yeah. waiting till you're so busy that you have to create a new job and then figure out what the person's going to do. If you have it all planned out, you'll know what you're going to do next. Love you know, I mean, look, we all have great ideas and you want to work on stuff. And if you got somebody taking all that stuff off your plate, I think the biggest fear is people think they're going to be obsolete in their own business, but that's just not the truth. Oh. Right. You know? I, I love what you're saying too. And I'll never forget. And Lisa, I bring this up to you a lot, but I remember talking to Lisa when I kind of first met her and saying like, Oh boy, I wish I had like an admin too. And she was like, it'll, it'll come at the right time. And it's so, it's so interesting because like in my business plan, like in me and Justin talking, like we were planning on hiring someone next year and just like as we are growing, you know, we're getting more projects. We have more things going on. We have like a design element going on now too. And so we actually ended up getting two more projects than we had thought this year. And so it came at a great time because we were planning for it. We knew it was coming and someone reached out to Justin saying like, Hey, can I work for you guys? Like I'm interested in learning more about what you do. I, I love, I've been watching like what you're doing. I've been watching your projects and stuff. And we're like, yes. Like, and it was more so I think to your point was that we were planning to hire someone. Was it the exact time that we had planned it? No, but we knew it was coming. We were ready for so it. So we were ready. And now I'm like, it's like life changing. It's so nice. She's been taking on so much stuff. I knew exactly what I was going to give her because we had that all planned out. There was certain things that like, so now it's like, she's just so helpful. And I'll, and you know, I'll never forget that conversation with Lisa because it was more about like planning for the future, knowing that like, yes, it's a want, it's a need but it's not a right now. And so then when it presented itself, I jumped on it and it's been so helpful in so many ways. Yeah. No question about it. And the, I think the thing too, is that we have to get over ourselves. Like you were like, well, we can only, and I know even designing Eric, I know you, you know, you design things and oh, yeah. you're like, well, no one can do it better than me, which is true. But it's like, we have to, at some point get over oh, yeah. it and be yeah. like, okay, I have to pass it on to somebody else. They might make mistakes, yeah. but you know what? I, I can't brain surgery, everything. No die. Right. Yeah. And it, it's also a level of trust. Like you have to yes. just, you and just you have, have to trust. trust in that individual, mm -hmm. whoever it is that you're passing along. Cause you know, I'm guilty of it as well. And I have a lot of friends who are working in their business and not on it. And I'm constantly telling them you need to get out of it. And, and, and I notice, and I could see it's because they don't trust the team well, that's, that's to take amazing. care Maybe. of it. Either you have yeah. the wrong team or it's something between your ears. And right. I mean, they're not going to screw it up that bad. Yeah. It's not exactly. going to destroy your business. You yeah. got to, you know, there's nothing that I do that is irreplaceable. I, I have good ideas and I'm right in doing this and the podcast that great. A lot of people are doing that and I could hire out most of the stuff. Certainly my legal services are not unique. I can hire somebody to do most of those. And my mm -hmm. ideas just drive my business. I don't know if I'm right or I'm wrong, but I think you're right, Eric. People are, attached to, or maybe it's an insecurity or whatever mm -hmm. it is that they won't let go. And we see family businesses like this all the time, right? The dad and the grandfather won't let the sons run the business, even though mm -hmm. the sons kind of are running the business and then they're just getting in the yeah. way all the time. <laughs> um, I get a lot of situations where people are referred to me and the son says, I don't know what to do because I'm basically the president. My brother kind of only half works here, but he's supposed to work here. My dad's mm -hmm. coming in interfering. 
I think like, I know that guy. They're in agreement. Yeah, everybody <laughs> yeah. knows that guy. There's a couple of them so, out there. But then what do you do? That's a kind of a hard road to go down when you're already, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard. But that's it's, why you got to kind of know. I think it's permission too, right? Because in those scenarios, uh, it's like giving the, the owner or the dad or the grandfather like permission. Hey, it's okay. Go dip your toes in the sand. Take the day off. Well, Take the week off. We've got this. Yeah. And mentors are important if you can't afford a coach or yeah. both maybe because you need somebody who's who's and that's why I work with people because I'm not emotionally involved in the business. I'll tell them mm. what the hell are you doing? That's stupid. You should have this person do it. Talk to this person, take care. Of it. And then when the yeah. ones that actually follow my advice, cause not everybody does, they call me back. They'll be like, Oh my God, you're totally right. That this person, I talked to Josh and I talked to Devin, they changed my life. I go, well, I, cause I told you they would, that's, you know, you just got to trust a little bit. And then I think if you trust once and it works out and things start coming together, you then get better at it. It's like a learned habit. You're like, you know what? I, and look, I've been burned too. Mm-hmm. bad employees, partners, people stealing ideas and say, I survived, you know, we, we whatever. Well, that's, that's like how you get right. It's like telling your kids, trust me. And they're like, well, I'm going to go do it my way. Yeah. Well, okay. that's, yeah, yeah, you, that's you a whole know, other and... episode. <laughs> I got my kids. The only thing that's different between me and my kids is that when I was their age, I thought I knew everything too. Right. Right. That's nothing we have in common. And what you're describing, Mitch, is how you get confidence in anything. I'm proof that a few years ago when I had zero confidence to come to the table with anything, how do you get an overwhelmingly positive sense of confidence? It doesn't happen over a short amount of time or, or, or certainly overnight. It happens slowly but surely when you take right. a small action and see the result of a successful win. That's how you get confidence. You can't fabricate it in your head. You can't will it to happen. You have to take some sort of action, find the win, and then celebrate and say, wow, that worked. I did it. Even if it's as simple as, you know what? I set my alarm for 5.30 a.m. and I got up without the snooze button. Yes. And then you just do it. But there's ways you can affirmatively push the envelope. If you have trouble public speaking, you can join Toastmasters. If you're not Mm -hmm. sure, you know, you go to therapy or get a coach or whatever to get you through certain things that are between your ears. I mean, there's ways to push that along as opposed to letting it happen naturally because it might never happen naturally. Mitch, so so you have a obviously wealth of knowledge, and you know, I have knowledge, of I know <laughs> but I mean, you know, you're you're super valuable, and you got a lot of great advice, and and uh, people that you've met along the way, especially at PodMax. Is is there any particular story uh, during you know coming to the events uh, that you, you you're 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 working with them now, or you're continue you're, you're you're starting to form that relationship where you know it's mutually beneficial. Any any ideas or people that you could share with? Um, I don't know if specifically from Podmax, um, but well, so, I, mean, I mentioned before to Josh that I'm working. We're working on a podcast production company to pull, you know, mailing lists and resources and maybe get sponsorships and things like that. So mm-hmm. a few of them I met through Podmax. Um, I don't remember the guests that I have. I'd have to look at my notes. But yeah, I mean, I'm working with a lot of people because they came on my podcast. Yeah. Um, I was, or I was introduced or they came on my podcast. They referred me to someone else. Um, but it's, you know, it's, this content marketing in terms of, look, you get to spend an hour with somebody hearing their story, putting it mm-hmm. out there, helping them promote what they do. They were, they remember you. It's a very good medium for building relationships, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you understanding the value of it because, you know, we, we get it and we're often, you know, singing from mountaintops like, Hey, figure, figure this out for your business. Because, you know, even though it doesn't necessarily exist, there aren't many companies, if any other companies doing what we're doing. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a lift for us to explain because it's a little abstract. Uh, But from the host perspective, you see, right, like coming to the event and meeting all these entrepreneurs, not just the ones that are on your show, but that are in the room as we begin to yeah. network and then the keynotes and then yeah, all, the connected with all of them. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, connect with all of them. It's, all, it's all good stuff. I think that at the end of the day, if you are active in the space, you know, podcasting specifically, you can get a lot out of it, you know, but you yeah. can't like put out an episode every three months and expect people to, you kind of got to, I do twice a week now, but I was doing like once a month and once a week. Now I have so many episodes. I don't mm-hmm. know what to do with myself, but yeah. Um, you know, you want to get, gain some momentum. 
Awesome. So yeah, the the Podmax event is coming. There's always one coming, but there's one right at our heels here because registration is closing this Friday. Mm -hmm. Is it is not full? There is some room. I got a couple of people might be in. There's there's there room. Uh, Friday we're closing it. Devin, I don't know what time we usually close it. If it's beginning or end of day. End. I'm, I'm imagining end. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're closing it so that we can put all the dominoes and everything in place so that it's it's all set up nicely and clean and everybody can get their schedules on Monday. What happens is you sign up, hopefully before Friday, and then you'll get your schedule early next week of all the podcasters that you're going to be talking to and then or the other way around. You're a host. You get all the guests that you'll be interviewing as well as the entire agenda, which I don't know if that's fully baked yet. We're still working on, but yeah, we're going to push that out there where you're going to see, we're going to have a wonderful conversation with Hal Elrod and how podcasting really exploded his business. Uh, probably the, the critical point uh, that, that, that developed everything that we're going to reveal. Uh, so a little spoiler alert, but yeah, we're excited about it because October 16th, not this Friday, but next Friday is the actual event. Right. And not to mention, we also have Matt uh, Wolf and, and Joe Fear of the Hustle and Flow Chart podcast. And, you know, they're titans in the industry as well. So they're going to be sharing a ton during the, the lunchtime keynote. Anything you want to add, Josh, about the event? Yeah, I mean, it always stands to be uh, reiterated, whether you acknowledge this or not as a show host or a guest, somebody who guests. I have a I, I have a keynote presentation that I give and I also use these stories when I'm a guest on shows. It's how podcasting saved my life and grew my business. Now on paper, that can sound like a big boatload of hyperbole where it's like, yeah, I get it, but tell me what it really means. No, it really means that. I came out of a life living in misery and frustration and anger and darkness and lost and confusion and found literally to this very day, getting me to this very moment through everything that podcasting represents in and around my life and my business to a life full of love love and success using the podcast medium, least of which my own show, The Hidden Entrepreneur, we just published episode 175. Now getting in front of that many people is going to cause some momentum and well, success for you. It's your own therapy. You're doing your own therapy. <laughs> it literally is, yeah, naturally. Yeah. But also, last year, it got me in front of a gentleman named Eric Cabral, who was a guest on my show quite randomly. And look what that has led to. So that's a broad statement of how podcasting saved my life and grew my business all of this wouldn't be taking place. I wouldn't be sitting here in beautiful Trenton, New Jersey on this show going out live right now talking about PodMax if podcasting itself didn't exist in my world. I'm not unique. Every person, every business owner, every entrepreneur can use the podcast medium to spread yep. your message, to share your message, to take your agenda exactly where you want it to go. And yep. that's in part what PodMax can do for you. Not only are you going to instantly be a guest on three shows in one day, think of the time and effort and scheduling we're saving you there, but prior to the big event... We have a pre-event training where we work with you in small groups to help you identify, practice, and communicate the message in anticipation of the big event. So when you're recording the shows and you're matched with somebody like Mitch or one of our other show hosts, you're going to master it. You're going to nail it. You're really going to show up knowing who you are, what you're talking about, and what the end result is. It's a win-win-win all around. That's why people like Mitch continue to come back time after time. That's why some of the guests we have are coming back literally for the fifth time in a row. Can you imagine that? The fifth time people are coming back as a guest yeah. because they see the value. Really understand not only the value of PodMax as an event and an experience, but what we're giving you through the medium of being a guest on podcasts. PodMax.co right now. Josh, I think your your lack of enthusiasm is the problem. <laughs> I'm working on it. You're just not committed to it. You're just not committed to it. Commit, man. Come on. Yeah. You know, but I think I, it's interesting yeah, because the yeah. pod, uh, you know, the hosts 
are people that are really skilled at what they do. I mean, I've interviewed a hundred people. You get good at it after a while. You can make people look yeah. good and feel good. I get people that are so nervous. And by the end, they're like, wow, that was really great. I, yeah. Cause that's my job. My job is to make you feel good and get things out of you and guide you along uh, in your journey. And you I meet wanna, some really cool people on PodMax. I want to bring thank up you. one point you make, Mitch, and thank you for acknowledging the enthusiasm. I'm enthused because of where I've been, where I am, and certainly where I'm going. But everything we're talking about here and what you're seeing and hearing and experiencing is a learnable skill. Yep. All of this is teachable. And that's what we preach, that wherever you think you are in your podcasting journey as a host or a guest or in your entrepreneurial world, like, eh, who cares what I have to say? Do I have anything to say? No. What does it well, matter? That's why what interviews are good. You yeah. don't have to say anything to start. Let yeah, them yeah. say it. I, look, the first time I started, I was like nervous to hear my voice on the thing. And it, you know, it, it makes you nervous, but you get comfortable at it after a while. Oh, yeah. And it's learnable. The more you do it, the better you get. And yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. I'm so excited thanks. For next yeah. Week. Thanks for coming through, Mitch. Thanks for being a part of the family. Thanks to everyone here, Devin, Lisa, Josh. As always, we'll be back next Wednesday at 11. If you're listening to this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends and family. There's always a ton of golden boulders uh, that you could uh, mine for. They're not nuggets. They're actually big, big chunks of stuff that you can garner from these shows. And it's here, and it's available for you. So let your friends know. And we're looking forward to talking to you soon and seeing you at PodMax October 16th. But don't forget, registration closes this Friday. So jump in now, and you'll get to meet our pal, Hal with the Miracle Morning. See you next week. You're now tuned in to the On Air Brands Podcast. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com.